Man from Lang is the fan favorite. No, no, clear, clearly you have, at least you have Inferno Joe in your corner. Nobody, nobody to my knowledge has called me out and said, I'm your fan, man from Lang. <laughs> <laughs> but Vase, Vase has one guy who, from Australia, is that where Infer- yep. Inferno yeah. Joe? Yeah. Yep. And if and if one guy from Australia likes face, there's got to be more. Two guys so, from Australia that like. So I'm sure there's there's entire playgroups who have little statues of of vase on their <laughs> on their table. Oh, like bobblehead vases? Can we bobblehead vases? Yeah, I would buy one of those. That's hot. They they and they they. I, I just want a Vegemite sandwich. They have them for good luck. There you go. To, to counter the mojo of the chaos bag, you need your <laughs> yeah, baseball you know, they, head. they put it in like a pentagram circle. And oh, in a, in oh, wait, a, no, I figured that out. You just take out all the negative tokens and put all the blessed ones in. Yeah, that was. It's <laughs> yeah. the new taboo list that oh. Newman sent out. You didn't buy one of those yet. Speaking of of cursing the chaos bag, um, Nathan, have you had a chance to watch our well our twelve hour Iron Man session? Uh, no, but that's what I'm doing as soon as we're done here today. Hold on a second. Teresa, cancel all plans for tomorrow. I'm watching a 12-hour Iron Man. You could just do an overnight. But Man From Lang and Nate uh, rubbed their bad luck off on Big Stupid Grin, and he pulled pretty much every autofail the entire, like, Iron Man. Whoa, way to spoil that before we even get into the subject. Spoiler alert. Well, you know how we give spoiler alerts after the fact. (laughs) (laughs) At least we gave a spoiler alert. Yeah, yeah. After, After you say... The spoiler, you you throw out the warning. That's, oh my god. They worshipped, so they said, the great old ones who lived ages before there were any men, and who came to the young world at Lucifer. Wow, it feels like we're getting the the band back together after a big hiatus. Oh, the boys are back in town. Yeah. <laughs> Late at night on a Saturday, which is unusual. We haven't recorded on a Saturday night in quite some time. Not in a long time. Yeah, we we alluded to it earlier, but uh, Man from Lang, Vase, and myself uh, played in the Iron Man for a bit. Um, Nathan mentioned off uh, off air that he's been busy at the store as always, but uh, what what else have you guys been up to? Well, I've been on a ton of different side projects. Uh, I've been streaming on Wednesdays at the Great Old Ones Twitch, which has been a lot of fun. I love streaming; it's something I never thought I'd enjoy, but damn, it's so much! It's so much fun interacting with people and just shooting the shit <laughs> with people. Even even the just chatting was fun. Like that was that was really awesome. Uh, so I've been doing that and then I've been, yeah, I'm caught up with Arkham. So I am, well, I'm behind one scenario, so I still have to play the second scenario for, uh, Innsmith, but we can get to that later. And I've been doing some more D and D content and a bunch of other stuff. Delta green games are down in the pipeline. We have a lot to edit. Hell yeah. Soil and green. Wait, what I missed? Yeah, Delta green. Uh, we recorded, <laughs> well, Nate's been editing the observer effect, which was really long. And then we did a game with actually Sub-Zero Joe, who you just mentioned from Australia. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And my brother and a buddy of mine, Nick, who are pretty much all newbies to Delta Green. Uh, so it was kind of a newbie game. A I different- thought I was going to get invited to do one of your RPGs. 
Well, I am totally the the invitation is open. It's just for yeah, recording scheduling thing. Between scheduling and recordings, we can only have like four people. So for high and quality sorry, audio. Sorry to interrupt. You know, it's not my thing to interrupt. Um, but I went and had to explain to my wife what an Iron Man was uh, because she heard me talk about it in the other room. You tell him it's she, it's a creature that shoots laser from its breast, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. oh. Just tell nice. her to watch Austin Powers and the you know. Yeah. There's she Iron would Man. totally believe it. No, but I told her, oh, it's when people sit and play like Arkham for twelve hours, and she goes, "Why would anyone do that?" And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, well, no, I wouldn't really do it. I mean, that's ridiculous. And she goes, but you play like your video game World of Warcraft every night for four hours, and I'm like, all right, well, I'm glad we had this talk. Like, Love you. And, as I'm leaving the bedroom and closing the door behind me. So I don't think that's happening. <laughs> Especially yeah. watching it. It's much different than playing it, I guess. Yeah, I'm not going to lie to you. I was like, man, I kind of feel like that at the end of the Iron Man. Like, why did we do this? <laughs> but man, yeah, I thought I would it. feel that way. I, I, really, I really enjoy it. I had such a good time with you guys that... Oh, I, I meant it totally hyperbolically. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So, I'm sorry. Who who exactly was in this Iron Man? Uh, uh, so, it was, it was me, Vase, uh, Man from Lang, and uh, Big Stupid Grin. Awesome. Played through TCU. I was uh, Trish Scarborough. Uh, Man from Lang played Harvey Walters. Uh, Vase, you played Mateo. Of and course. Big Stupid Grin played Leo Anderson. Yeah. And what was the... Oh, you're going to talk about the outcome. I will wait and listen attentively. Yeah, I think we're going to talk about it later. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. But yeah. So anyways, that's that's my sex- segment on what I've been up to <laughs> with all the sidetracks and stuff. Man from Ling, what have you been up to? Uh, what have I been up to? I've been posting stuff on my channel. Did my Horror in High Gear uh, preview. And uh, Nate and I did the Insmith Conspiracy Reviews, and I haven't actually been playing that much lately. I streamed a couple games late uh, with uh, Tommy on the L- on the uh, Great Old Ones Gaming channel. Uh, I've got those that I'm going to post, and then I've got to finish that uh, campaign, the Circle Undone campaign, because I'm going to try to beat... Union and Disillusion solo with Tommy. I've got a plan using the red-gloved man, so we'll see if we can pull it off. And uh, I haven't been... And uh, I haven't played the new stuff yet. I haven't finished the old stuff yet. So I haven't finished the old stuff or played the new stuff yet, but... You haven't done Night of the Zealot? Well, (laughs) I did that. I did it a couple times, once or twice, just to, you know... And I've been streaming on Great Old Ones Gaming. I've been playing some Eldritch Horror, which has been fun. Manson has been there for me as I try to... uh, I know that, uh, I think, Nate, you showed up on Friday for a bit. Yeah, yeah. It uh, looked like uh, your game's got a little rough towards the end of the first session there. It's it's been a little rough in both sessions. I'm I decided I would try the campaign roles from the Masks of Nyarlathotep box, which is basically you have to play six games against six different great old ones, and then if you beat all six, you win. And of course, I drew Shadamel the first one, and he's very difficult. 
And so Daisy Dot, I used the investigators from the core set of the Arkham Horror LCG. So we had uh, Roland, Daisy, Skids, Agnes, and uh, Wendy. And so Daisy died after the first session, which was only like a couple turns long. And then Agnes died in the second session, which was only a couple turns long. So I've got 48 investigators to choose from. So at that rate, I might be able to finish the campaign and have like five investigators left. Because <laughs> they're, they're dying pretty... Uh, for those who aren't familiar, Shudmel does a lot of direct damage and horror so there's not a lot of wiggle room when it comes to your health and sanity so once you start to to get a bit low your investigator is is pretty much cooked i think uh, roland is going to be the next and the next time i play uh, roland will probably die skids looked like he was going to die but then i think he he managed to He's gained enough health and sanity that he might survive another round. So we'll see. And, and uh, what about you, Nate? What have you been up to? Oh, man, I've been busy with my new job. Uh, so I haven't had too much time to really... Did I miss when you announced what your new job was? Oh, I um, yeah, I got a job Mill doing... stripper. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, God, you're supposed to let me spoil that. No, I got a job doing property maintenance. I'm uh, going back to school in January, so. Oh, very so cool. It's a Congrats. Nice, thanks. Yeah, it's a nice gig to uh, to do on the side while I go back to school, so. Flexible schedule and whatnot. But um, as far as gaming stuff goes, I've played a little bit of the new Amnesia game, which is uh, very Nameless City-type vibes. Uh, Amnesia is like one of those survival horror games, if you're not familiar with it. Aside from that, I've played the deluxe box of Innsmouth, but I haven't played the uh, I haven't played the new scenario that came out on Friday. In too deep. Yeah, that's the one. Uh, haven't played that, and yeah, apart from that, all I've really done over the past couple of weeks is play in the Iron Man with with everyone else. So, uh, what about you, Nathan? What have you? What have you been up to? It's like we're playing this little game of tag und you're it. Um, I have been focused on work. Uh, we've been having uh, extended hours in the pandemic, and then of course they're it's they're clamping down. Yeah, they're clamping down uh, via the governor to uh, limit the number of people in the store and stuff. So that's been fun. When I haven't been doing that, uh, I got all my boxes for Lord of the Rings, the LCG, uh, assembled. Now I have to go through all the cycles uh, tonight and organize them. Um, I still have my last few packs of Marvel Champions I still need to go through and sort and check those out. And I need to catch up on Innsmouth and In Too Deep. I picked up the novella, the new one with, uh, was it Dark Revelations? Um... I picked that one up, and then I got the scenario, but I haven't even had a chance to crack them open. So I'm excited to catch up with all of that. I, I think I'm in a delayed gratification uh, until I kind of sort through all my stuff. I think a lot of people that have collected board games knows exactly where I am, uh, but I am excited to do so. so pretty fun. Yeah, I'm in a, uh, 
I'm in a bit of an organization project with my Arkham collection myself. I want to, uh, I currently have all the campaign uh, guide information just bundled up with various paper clips, and I want to get it organized. So I bought a, bought a couple of three ring binders and a bunch of plastic cover sleeves. So I'm eventually just going to, you know, cool. cut them all and sleeve them all. Yeah. But a couple of weeks ago, we got to play through the Circle and Done in the Mythos Busters. Farkham Khan, uh, TCU, Farkham Iron Man. Farkham Knights. Yes, yes. Um, so, uh, what are your guys' overall thoughts of, uh, of the Iron Man? Well, um, I, I kind of gave that away earlier. I really, I enjoyed it. I, you know, I, I always heard about Iron Man being so stressful, and by the end, you're so exhausted, and, you know, everyone's just ready to just go have a drink or whatever, but... For me, I don't know if it's different because we were playing online, so things were a little bit different. But man, I could have kept going for another three hours. I'm looking at my wife right now; she's <laughs> <laughs> she's giving me the look. But um, I I mean, I was I'm so sorry. pumped afterwards. Just one Did you just say you could go for another three hours, and you and your wife exchange glances? Is yep. that can we even have that on this podcast? Yeah, not in a sexual <laughs> way with my wife for three hours, maybe. But uh, we. <laughs> <laughs> She's laughing in the background, uh, but it it was I was so like pumped afterwards. I was like, man, I can I can play some more Arkham. I want to play some more Arkham. It was so much fun. The group we had was really the dynamic between the group was great. It was awesome having big stupid grin on. Um, the campaign didn't change my mind about the campaign that much. But uh, one thing I think was different about this Iron Man, I was doing a lot of analysis about it, and I was chatting with some people on the Discord. I think it, it felt that way for me, at least, because like, I think a lot of us gamers are introverts, right? So being in the Iron Man that they normally do. Hold on. I'm Googling introvert now. Continue. Uh, normally, like they do the Iron Man at the Farkham Con or, Fark- or Arkham Knights or whatever, right? So you're out there in public in a place where you've never been before or whatever, playing in this big room with all these other people kind of coming over and talking to you and it's more stressful. It wears you out more. It's more exhausting, you know? Plus, all the setup and takedown takes longer. You have other distractions. But playing online, it's no distractions, really. You're just going, you know? there's You're playing, and the setup is all done for you, so that's quicker. And then you're in the comfort of your home, so you're more, like, in an environment you recognize. So I think that, that played a big part, and I would definitely do it again if it were online. In person, I don't know if I would do it, necessarily but yeah that's that's kind of how i feel about it what about you guys yeah i'm curious man from lang you've played in person and online and i'm curious what you think of the uh the differences between the two yeah this was my third third iron man i played in the path to carcosa and uh, forgotten age iron man's at arkham knights and um i didn't really notice much of a difference i mean it's a different it's certainly a different atmosphere i mean arkham knights there's Lots and lots of people there and uh, uh, lots of groups doing the Iron Man, probably almost two dozen tables, I think, uh, all told. Uh, maybe a dozen, yeah, probably about close to two dozen by the time is all said and done. But I find uh, at the Iron Man there, I was, uh, the groups tend to be very focused because they're trying to get this campaign done in one day. And there's because the FFG. Uh, center opens I believe it's at 10 on a Saturday you can't start until 10 and and it closes at midnight so you have 12 hours and 
um, to get it done in 12 hours. You really have to move. So I find like there's not a lot of interaction between the groups. It's basically the four of you just sitting down and plowing through the, the campaign as quickly as you can. And you occasionally rush over to put in an order for food and then sit back down and and the uh, you try to organize it so the teardown and setup is as fast as possible. But I found it uh, quite relaxing at home, largely because we got just started earlier. Um, because I think we start. What time did we start? Ten Eastern. Yeah, yeah. So it was so. eight a.m. where I am. So that was that was nice, and we were done. Took us about thirteen hours, and so I was done by eight thirty nine o'clock, which has certainly not been the case in the previous Ironmans, where it was like it was after midnight when we got done. So I still had time to like do stuff, which was kind of nice. I think I ended up playing a game of Arkham Third Edition afterward or at least starting one and uh but i mean the group was great the the uh we had a great rapport and and it was a lot of fun playing it that's the first time i've played the the circle undone campaign uh in multiplayer so it was a a different experience i don't know if it necessarily changed my opinion of the scenarios i got pretty salty during the wages of sin um, <laughs> oh yeah, I totally forgot about that. The famous why are we playing this scenario? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was that was uh I hit my breaking point there largely. Yeah, that was uh it uh got pretty frustrating there for a minute. But but after that, I mean the the scenarios before that, even like the secret name was long, but it didn't feel uh, as bad as it does sort of in solo where things can go badly really quickly. Uh, we generally had it under control. And then we did make the decision to skip Union and Disillusion, which I think helped because otherwise we would have been there for another two hours at least. Um, and for very little payoff, I think that's one of the problems with the campaign as a whole is that there's just... Well, the uh, the first two scenarios are can be very generous with the XP... Uh, that dries up pretty quickly, and then uh, a lot of the scenarios just aren't that impactful. Um, and so I think we ended up skipping Union and Disillusion and then really sort of half-assing it through uh, in the clutches of chaos. Mm-hmm. Well, that scenario actually rewards you for for only doing a very little amount, so it's actually like in your best interest if you're playing through the campaign as a whole to kind of do very little in clutches so yeah we basically just grabbed a single vp and left so what did you think nate Uh, i i definitely agree with you guys as far as like the campaign itself goes it didn't really change my opinions about any of the scenarios but playing with you guys was great as always um you know i had a lot of fun hosting the stream all day long (laughs) kind of to uh the ire of all of our wives but but yeah, it was a lot of fun, and I would definitely do it again with another campaign. I don't know if I would ever do a TCU Iron Man ever again, but but I don't get to play multiplayer much, so it's always really interesting to to see the game in that in that different light because you know we end up playing so much solo. At least most of us, Nathan, I know you play multiplayer for the most part, so it's really interesting to see the game in that in that uh, different aspect. And what. W- what about what did you think about how we did in terms of 
you know, the, like the difficulty of the campaign overall? Um, I mean, I think we did pretty well. I think towards the end when, you know, when our batteries were kind of getting drained and it was getting later into the campaign, we started to kind of fumble and make mistakes. But I think that's definitely natural. And uh, spoilers for the end, but I think in black throne we kind of got unlucky we got hit pretty hard we i think the we got off to a really bad start that wasn't necessarily our fault and we simply couldn't recover I think yeah that was it wasn't necessarily anything that we did wrong it was just a bad pull <laughs> we had a lot of cultists hit the table in rapid succession and rocketed through the agenda deck and and yeah it was just uh tough to uh to write the ship yeah we started that scenario with no trauma at all like that that was surprising to me because i i remember tcu being so so hard as a whole i mean you know we're all mostly solo players but i did play tcu with with a few people when i had my meetup uh and i remember having so much trauma even with you know three other players and in this I don't know if it's power creep or if it was just us, you know, all being used to playing solo. So being able to handle a lot of different things coming at us. But we didn't have a single point of trauma throughout the entire group. Yeah, I've um, at least in my runs of TCU, it tends to be that way. It's not like the Forgotten Age that piles on the trauma. It's like if you do if you do well in the first couple scenarios you'll probably like obtain one or two like in the middle of the campaign but yeah i think aside from that most of my runs through tcu have been fairly unscathed i don't know if that's just my personal experience or not but um but i think what 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 surprised me most about about our iron man was just the way that the bless and the curse tokens ended up working out because i thought i thought initially um with leo playing faustian bargain and were you playing deep knowledge as well, Man from Lang, or was it just me? But in any case, I was no. It, it was just you. I wasn't playing. Yeah, I was. I was a little worried that those would be kind of an antagonistic at first, but it seems like they were pretty pretty minimal overall. What did you guys? Um, what you guys think about the bless and the curse tokens? I was surprised. I thought they'd be more impactful for sure. Um, the blessed tokens, you know, we suspected the blessed tokens wouldn't really help in terms of tests because generally you, you're already going two over. Um, the curse tokens, I thought, would be far more impactful. There was one one scenario where it, we were scared of it coming out because of the repercussions if we pulled the wrong token. But really, other than that, I think uh, I think those cards, like you guys, you. Nate, you and Man from Lang did like an analysis of some of the cards from Insmith Conspiracy on Man from Lang's channel and talked about like the the trade-off for having a, a card with awesome benefits that forces you to add curse tokens as kind of a balancing act for it, I think um, is definitely a card that's going to be really powerful if, if you have something like that because it's anticipating you maybe pulling those curse tokens, but... They're not as impact. They weren't, at least for us, as impactful as I thought they would be. So you're usually getting a much better deal with a card like that, and that's something I hadn't anticipated. Yeah. So I'm curious, Vase, since you were the one that was filling the bag with bless tokens, did you feel that that was worth your time doing? No, I didn't. 
not at all. It was, yeah. I mean, I think I, I should have played more cards that ma- took advantage of the Bless tokens. And I, I was doing some like deep thinking about Bless and Curse because I was thinking of making a video about them. But I, I feel like Bless tokens are more impactful if you're using cards that take advantage of them as like a resource. So there are some like garden cards and a couple of other cards that will have you pull them from the bag and use them as charges or re, you know resources for them. So those are the cards that I think benefit more. But even with there was at one point where we had I think almost 10 blessed tokens in the bag and even playing beloved which I thought was going to be a great card in all the scenarios, I never pulled a blessed token when I played Beloved for the auto success. And it didn't matter anyways, because playing Beloved every time it was a successful check. So so the card itself, I might as well have packed it with a card that gave you two wild icons and gotten the same benefit out of it pretty much, you know. So so yeah, I think I think, you know, when when I was doing some deep thinking about Blessing Curse, I, I, I think they're better for single player than multi I think they're more a mechanic that impacts single player far more than multiplayer. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah. Because I kind of feel kinda feel the opposite. Just because Bless and Curse tokens, like you're drawing so many more tokens out of the bag with more players that you would think that that would be more impactful just because you're doing more tests. But it, I'm curious, like, why Why do you feel that it's more impactful? Because they're solo? spread thin. So if you're if you're spread thin with the Bless and Curse tokens with four players, right? If you're the only one playing ble- a Bless, Curse type of deck and none of the other players are, you're literally just taking a gamble on someone else pulling those out of the bag for you. And if you're using them to have an advantage, like getting charges or whatever, the other players are actually working against you by pulling those tokens out of the bag that you need as charges. Um, the And then the curse tokens, you know, when, when you're in multiplayer, you, you can have other people commit cards to test, so it's not as impactful. Uh, if you don't have the cards to commit, someone else might be able to help you commit a card to get above in case you really need to pass that test. But even if you fail a test, generally, it's not... Failing a test is not as impactful as it is in in single player because you have three other players that can pick up the slack. Whereas in single player, you're pulling, you're pulling from the bag and you, you're the only one pulling from that bag. So the blessed tokens, if you're filling that bag with 10 of them, you can, you can be more confident in drawing a token without committing cards to it because there is a pretty decent chance that you're going to be two above with that blessed token. It's like, it's like having unexpected courage randomly show up you know, several times throughout your scenario, that's far less likely to happen in multiplayer because it, those those tokens are being split between everybody. Okay. Okay. You know? That that yeah, that makes sense. And then the curse, same thing. Like you're more likely to pull the curse tokens in multiplayer, whereas in single player, like you said, you're less you're pulling less tokens out of the bag, so curse tokens are less impactful because you're far less likely in the span of one game to pull a curse token during a, a given test, you know? So you, you'll get the benefits of the card that you use to put that, that curse token in, but not necessarily get the drawback of ever pulling that curse token. Whereas in multiplayer, you're far more likely, if you played it early, you're far more likely that someone's going to pull that curse token. Yeah, and that's um, 
kind of to go off your point about the um the upfront cost of uh cards that add curse tokens like faustian bargain and deep knowledge um the the covenant cards that were released in into deep uh usually like say something along the lines of like when you when you reveal a, a token do something and then exhaust it and those cards in solo are probably going to be much better right because you're making fewer tests that you can more reliably use those every single turn yeah so, exactly yeah yeah so yeah i that that makes a lot of sense when you when you put it like that yeah i think there's been a lot of talk in the community about solo play kind of getting the shaft from ffd but i i feel like bless curse is kind of like them throwing solo players a bone without really saying it <laughs> i don't know what, do you guys have any any thoughts about Blesser curse have you had a chance to play a lot with them um i mean i've had it on as a a channel point reward on the stream for a while now so i've played well with... we know how that's worked out for you <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so you know um so i have experience with the blessed tokens just like being in the bag and i, I definitely agree with your analysis that that's generally not really worth it because like you said like y y the mentality is that you usually take tests two up anyway so or, you, you know, you take the tests a certain threshold above whatever the bag is going to be. So so the blessed tokens kind of feel superfluous in that aspect. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, like you said on the other note, is that the curse tokens also kind of feel negligible because you, when you draw them, it's basically just kind of like drawing an auto-fail and... You, you 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 may never even see them depending on how many you're adding into the bag so so it's one of those mechanics that like like curse feels more punishing the more you you uh you dive into it but bless doesn't feel rewarding at all unless you go all into it whereas like curse curse to me feels like you could easily just play like deep knowledge or just play faustian bargain and then never see a curse token and then just have a card that gains you five resources or draws you three cards yeah i'd done an analysis on my channel way back when they spoiled the bless and cursed and and i sort of saw that the the bless was going to be pretty at least for the way i play the game i like to be two up if i'm playing on standard so the bless kurt the bless tokens don't really do very much i haven't played a lot with them yet but based on our on our uh, the iron man anyway i was a little bit worried about the the curse tokens but i think on the day of you know playing seven scenarios i don't know i think i drew one or two and there were a couple tests where we drew a bunch of them and yeah they just don't seem to be all that I mean, if you pull one, the chances of you failing the test go up considerably. But if you don't have that many in the bag to begin with, your odds of pulling them aren't that great. So it's it kind of evens out. And that's not to say, like, you could have a card that interacts favorably, like um, that recent Seeker card, uh, Gaze of whatever that lets you deal de extra damage depending on the amount of curse tokens you reveal or the... Uh, the rogue card, Riestrad. Is that how you pronounce it? Mm hmm. So, so it's not even considering that curse also has that benefit as well. But one thing that I do, um, not to like 
rag on the mechanic as a whole, but I, I do kind of like that the mechanic does create those moments, like those exciting moments of like, you know, those Hail Mary kind of plays where you you need to pass a certain test and then you draw a blessed token into a, you know, into whatever and then you pass like a test you needed to pass. So there's I'm there's sorry. those cool moments. Did you say a Hail Mary? Is it like some kind of integration of American football and Arkham? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what Father Mateo's there for. <laughs> he is a badass. <laughs> yeah. And you have Sister Mary. Right? Is this am I <laughs> Am I going too long with this joke? I think you're on to something. (laughs) (laughs) But 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 you know, um, I think it's 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 cool that 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 it's a pretty simple mechanic on its face, but it can lead to really cool moments where you draw like three or four bless and curse tokens all one after the other, and it like leads into this really cool moment that you kind of sit around and tell your friends about. And there's also the uh, the slight buff to certain uh, deck archetypes, like the Rogue Succeed by Two, or the the Mystic Bag Control decks, or even something like Archaic Glyphs um, from the Seeker Card Pool, that can benefit, you know, from over succeeding as well. So there is um, there is those kind of slight niche cases where outside of like dedicating to the actual like tokens themselves that you can get some additional benefit from as well. So yeah. And now that you mentioned it, that was another part of it, of my thinking why these are more like solo, a a better solo mechanic. If you notice the, um, the blessed tokens are guardians and um, mystics, right? Put a lot of blessed tokens in the bag, but you, if you notice curse tokens, it's a lot of rogues, right? So if you're playing like a succeed by two rogue, then the curse token doesn't really make you fail a test per se. You may just not succeed by two, you know, or more. So if you're playing solo as a rogue that that's adding a lot of curse tokens, generally you're playing a succeed by two type of rogue and you'll be fine with those curse tokens. But if you're playing multiplayer and you're playing a rogue with the succeed by two, you're kind of screwing the rest of your group um, for those added benefits and not necessarily absorbing those curse tokens when they do come out, you know? So, yeah, it's, it's, I think if we play a little bit longer with this mechanic and as new cards come out, we'll get to see, you know, how it's going to play out. But I think um, the Mythos Busters were saying, I, I think it was Scott that said that this is pretty much what they anticipate is the only campaign that's going to have Blessed Curse uh, cards that interact with Blessed Curse. So they're going all in with them the entire the entire cycle. So yeah, I mean it makes sense, right? Like from a logistical standpoint, if you're gonna put the punch board in the deluxe box, then you kind of in theory only have that one cycle to print all the cards. But kind of off that point, vase, um, I'm gonna ask you guys a question. What um like what types of cards do you feel that bless and curse? need or like you would want to see out of the mechanic like do you do you want to like a bless card or like a card that adds bless tokens and can take them out to do something or uh you know i'm just kind of spitballing ideas here but yeah i i like the ones that specifically say search the bag and pull out x amount of bless tokens and you get some kind of benefit the ones that say 
play this card and if you happen to pull a blessed token you get this extra benefit those are i found to be way too random and unreliable you know to to gain that additional benefit so i would like to see a lot more cards that are using the blessed tokens as a as a resource as charges that kind of thing curse tokens you know I, I didn't play around with them as much so i'm not as familiar but i think more cards that are that give you a huge benefit and they'll tell you to add curse tokens kind of like faustian bargain you know that kind of card i think is great because you're you're taking a chance that you might pull that curse token later in the game but you're getting a much better benefit because of this extra drawback that the card supposedly has so i like those a bunch of those type of cards would be fantastic and a bunch of cards that use bless as charges would be good too i think nathan what do you think of bless and curse um i think it gives it another dynamic level to the game um you know, you you are a veteran of Lord of the Rings, and several people on here have played other uh, games, Netrunner, etc. I mean, after a while, it helps to shake things up and let people play around with it. And like Vase said, even though I haven't played with them, I've talked to people that have. Um, the fact that you can use them as resources is kind of cool. Uh, I'm excited to play with them. I already got my uh, Arbits from uh, Arbits.com, my fiberglass and metal ones in cases ready to go. Uh, so I am pumped, but I'll have to give you better feedback on that on a future episode. Yeah, I think I'm with Vase in that I, I would like to see more cards that use them as resources. I know we've seen a couple more cards that were spoiled lately that, that add more tokens to the bag, and I find that, I mean, just adding more tokens to the bag for a more powerful effect is... is uh, I think they've probably misjudged a little bit on those, like Faustian Bargain. It's just, it's it's very, very good. <laughs> and and there's really no reason you shouldn't play with it even. And then they spoiled Reastrad, which is, you know, add up to three curse tokens to get plus three combat and plus three damage. I mean, I'll do that every time I play the card. It's just that good. Uh, the one thing I'm I'm worried about that we've seen is that in some of the cards they've spoiled recently, it's like if you draw X bless tokens or X curse tokens or X bless and curse tokens, um, drawing multiples unless you're playing some sort of chaos bag manipulation is just not. I was thinking in our in the Iron Man, how many times did we draw multiple bless and curse tokens throughout the during a, a skill test and it just didn't happen that often and i mean we weren't really leaning heavily into b both bless and curse but the number of times we drew more than one in a skill test it just didn't happen enough to to warrant it and i think some of the cards we've seen where it's like uh there's that new mystic uh asset that's like draw if you've drawn two curse tokens it's just like well how often is this going to trigger? It's just, is it worth my time putting it out? Probably not. Yeah, what was that rogue ally? Tristan? Tristan Botley? Tristan, you get to play him for free if you draw three, which... Come on, yeah. <laughs> the, I, I calculated the odds of that. Even if you've packed the bag, it's only 10%. If you've got 10 bless and 10 curse tokens in a bag, it's only about 10%. So... Okay, you get to play them free one every ten times. If you've got them in your hand at the right time and you take the test at the right time, 
that's just to me that's so narrow that it's not worth it wait so you have to take you have to draw three in one round so you have to take three tests. you have to draw three in one test in one test yes come on yeah no it's it's just so it's like if um, if you only if you're and because i mean he's a rogue card so rogues lean heavily into curse tokens. So say if you have 10 curse tokens in the bag, you've only got about a 5% chance of playing him for free. What about there can only be one? I saw, wasn't somebody trying to make Henry Wan work the other day? In the Discord. Am I crazy? Yeah. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I saw something about that the other day. Man, that's a card we haven't talked about in a long time. Well, And what's that card say exactly? What does that card say exactly? No, that was my question. Are we starting trivia early? (laughs) (laughs) That is tonight's one trivia question. Henry? Henry is like if you draw multiple, I think it's until you draw a, uh, I'll just look it up here. Uh, Exhaust him, reveal random tokens from the bag until you choose to stop or until you reveal a special token. Oh, crap. I was hoping that that could get us extra token draw for the... uh, for that card so he's he's basically the same. It's the same issue that Henry Wan has. Probability. I mean, you're you've got to reveal X tokens, and if you don't reveal X, then it doesn't work. Yeah, that's almost and, impossible because none of my tokens have an X on them. And at least, well, like Henry Wan, if you draw, say, a minus one, a minus two, a minus four, whatever, plus one zero none of those tokens stop you from drawing more tokens. The problem with Tristan, if you're planning to play him for free, is you need to go curse, you know, you need to go bless or curse, bless or curse, bless or curse. None of the other tokens, if you draw one other token that isn't a bless or curse, you're done. Yeah, that's that seems like too much to ask. <laughs> yeah, you know, like talking about Henry Wine now, you know, with, with bless and curse tokens not being on his card, like you could actually Yeah, I think Nathan I think you could actually <laughs> make this work. Not like not be super good, but I definitely yeah. think you could make this Nathan, work. Nathan, you're you're onto something because if you fill the bag, if the bag has normally twelve tokens and then you add ten curse and ten bless. Well a typical bag would have fifteen. Okay, so fifteen. So you if you add ten of each, then you would be at thirty five. And you can theoretically Henry won that. And you have a pretty good chance because out of 35, you'll have maybe five special tokens in there. Five, six, something like that. Out of 35. So you can Henry on that and really come up ahead, I guess. Nathan, you're on to something. I'm going to do the the math here. You guys keep talking. (laughs) Hold on. Hold on. I want to have like some kind of math music. Okay. Okay. So if you're using Henry Wan with, say, a 35 token bag and you have two skulls, um, a cultist, a tablet, and an elder thing in there, your odds of drawing one of those special tokens with one token is 14%. Okay. And that just increases every time that you make that pull. And then so if you have 34 tokens, it goes up to 14.7%. Well, someone taught so, me on my YouTube channel in the comments that 
that that's not how that math works, man. From Lang, you have to factor in the fact of your chance of it being drawn on a second pull, in addition to just the percentage of drawing it based on how many tokens are in there. No, but the it doesn't matter how many tokens are you you change the population size. Each yeah. pull is is completely independent of the that's other. That's what I was trying to tell my person. But <laughs> so if you had a fourteen points, per, if you had a let me see here again here, if you have thirty five tokens, your odds are fourteen point two nine. Then they go up to fourteen point seven of the second token. And then they just go up from there. So, you know, 14% isn't, is pretty good. It's 85% chance. I mean, yeah, that's, that's really good. And Nathan, you've just made Henry Juan playable. Hey, there can be only one. Hey, so that Tristan guy is here. Is he a uh, rogue card? Yeah, he's, uh, yes, uh, he's a rogue. And he costs five to play, right? So, like, why in he the does. world would you go through all that, put yourself through all that? to try and play him for free when you're playing a rogue you'll probably have the plenty of resources to play him <laughs> it's just, well, he's actually he, pretty he could, good apart from that he's, he's good if you play him for you know but I mean the, the problem with him is he competes with for me anyway he competes with Lola and Delilah and if you're playing if you're purchasing Lola or Delilah you probably I, like Tristan gives you plus one uh, to two skills if I'm reading the card correctly Whereas if you're playing Lola or Delilah, you're getting plus one to the skills you probably want plus ones to anyway. So having Tristan's option of picking the skills, I guess is a, it's a little more versatile. But, I mean, how many times are you going to pick skills that you're not using regularly? Like if Tony, if you were to say play him Tony, I mean, you're going to pick strength and something else right so why wouldn't you just play delilah who's cheaper and has a cooler special ability yeah i was gonna say i think the biggest or hired muscle for combat vase vase come on now <laughs> this, this is a serious podcast where we discuss serious cards and here you are talking about like, hired I, muscle. We, we 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 were we were fine with you playing father mateo during the iron man we all tolerated it we all just we all just bit our t- bit our lip and just said let Vase do whatever he wants because he's he's the star of this show. We all know who's the star. Sure. <laughs> but but trying to bring hired muscle into the conversation, we have to we have to draw the line somewhere. I kind of like that card. Like no joke. <laughs> I mean, okay, I'll give it to you and Leo. It's all right in Leo. I think the biggest thing is like like you were saying, man. From like it's just the fact that he doesn't have an action or a fast action ability like Lola or uh, Delilah. Yeah, it's like I I would gladly just pay an extra experience to have those in my deck. Yeah, like or even even like what's his name, uh, Dario. I mean, at least Dario has something else on him that says gain some resources. Mm-hmm. I just don't see playing a playing a card for free as being a a particularly, especially if you hit some miraculous number of tokens, as being a particularly good ability that I want to to use. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. Um, but kind of bringing it back full circle, um, a card that I do like and I'd like to see more of um, 
is Rite of Sanctification. That's a, such a good card. That is a really good card. Because you can, you can use it for any, any investigator at your location, which is mm-hmm. awesome. But it's just like, it's a, it's a nice, tangible way to see a benefit out of adding a bunch of blessed tokens to the bag without having to rely on just drawing them. So I'd be I'd be curious to see if we'll get more cards like that mm-hmm. that kind of help that help bless in that regard because I think what what kind of makes cards like that uh, hard to design is that you have to add the tokens to the bag initially so you have to go through that first hoop before you can even start using cards that that benefit from them right so that's a good point so maybe more cards that are that have a way to like um what's that guardian card where with the matador on it where like you you get hit by an enemy and then you add less tokens equal to the amount of damage you took damage and harm um and then there's that one survivor card where it's kind of like take heart but instead of draw a card and gain resources you add two bless or remove two curse tokens from the bag like those kind of cards, I think, are really interesting too, because they don't take an action. You use them, you know, in in different uh, different types of game uh, gameplay, and uh, they give you that other benefit without taking up other action economy or resources from you, other than just the card itself. Yeah, and I think that's like the big hindrance for um, for blessed tokens, in my opinion, is that like the cards that add curse tokens are just cards that you would play in your deck anyway, but I feel like the the cards that add blessed tokens, you're kind of just playing them because they add blessed tokens as of right now. That's fair, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like, like you're just kind of playing Take Faith because it's the card that adds the most blessed tokens as of right now. Is that similar to Keep Faith? Uh, yes. Mm. Yeah, that, that's the one. <laughs> <laughs> You know, you know that you know that card that does things. Yeah. That one's cool. I, I like Keep Faith, but yeah, like you said, I mean it's it doesn't do anything else. Yeah. Right, right. So it's like it's con- like I feel like a card like that is very contingent on what you plan on doing with those tokens. Yeah, you pretty much have to go kind of all in with the blessed curse to make full use or bless at least to make yeah. full use of those other types of cards. I see what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, so I'd be curious to see if they'll make, um, I guess it'd be like an enabler. Or it's like, like the cards that add the blessed tokens are the enablers, and then the payoff cards are the cards that, you know, you use the tokens for. So so I think I think bless needs some better enablers, and then probably also, conversely, a couple more payoff cards. But, I mean, we're also very early in the cycle, too, so True. we have no idea what we'll see. You mentioned the Alien Covenants. Like, those have the... Those all deal with the Blessing Curse tokens. Did you say Alien Covenants? Yeah, Alien Covenant. Isn't that a movie? <laughs> <laughs> we, weren't we just talking about... The, the we alien? were, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but aren't those the... Um, aren't those all, like, don't they deal with the blessing curse tokens? Yeah, yeah, they do. Yep. So those are a little more because they're permanents, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Okay, so something like that would be. I mean, I guess those are the cards that we're looking for in a way, but something more in addition to those, huh? Yeah, like I guess like a covenant. I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but it doesn't really feel like a card that you build around, despite it being a permanent. You know what I mean? Like I feel like the the effects on them are kind of a little too random to like 
consistently build a deck around. Like even Blasphemous Covenant, which I think is probably one of the better ones, the the Seeker one. What is that one, dude? I don't. I don't uh, that's the one where if you reveal a curse token, you you exhaust it, and then you count the curse token as a plus one, and then return it to the bag afterward. Oh, okay. I see. I see. You know, like, like it's a good effect, but I don't think that that's something that you build your deck around. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I, I can see that. They're just like fail-saves, I guess, or at least that one is. Yeah, good. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, I, I mean, definitely it's an interesting thing they're playing around with initially i wasn't too excited about it and man from lang you mentioned the the other aspect of blessed curse that makes it a bit of a nightmare <laughs> is multiplayer when people most people in multiplayer will bring their own bag to the game and having to constantly be taking stuff in and out of every single bag is a big time waster so there's definitely that too still well i mean that was the easiest part about the about playing the Iron Man online is not having to worry about the chaos bag. And just besides me pulling multiple tokens, that was the biggest, the biggest issue was just me pulling badly from the bag, not knowing how the, the controls worked, but not having to fiddle with a bag all day was quite, uh, was, was a big advantage. Yeah. I'm always surprised, uh, kind of to go back into the Iron Man discussion a little bit. I'm always surprised at how long shuffling, cards and like fiddling around in the chaos bag like takes out of like time wise out of the whole playing experience yeah it really adds up huh it's crazy yeah especially especially over an iron man well i think everybody has their own little rituals they do when they pull from the chaos bag so i don't think anybody just reaches in and grabs the first token they they touch it's always like you rifle around a little bit and at least i do so if you uh, do that for a, a a couple seconds every time you pull make a test, it's going to add up over the course of the day. But yeah, so what are you guys' overall thoughts on uh, blessing curse tokens to kind of put a neat little bow around this topic? I think they're very interesting. I initially wasn't too too like I wasn't too excited about them. Uh, adding another component, you know, another bit of complexity, but. They're they're fairly clean and solo, like in and out, you know, you pull it, you just leave it out of the bag, end of story, move on, throw it in. It's definitely a lot cleaner than I expected it to to be, than I envisioned it. And they they have come out with some really interesting cards that deal with them. So I'm actually uh I I'm a believer now. I'm definitely a believer now. I think they're fine. I'm sure it'll all work out in the end. Once we get once we get a full six packs worth of cards that deal with them, I'm sure, I'm sure there will be some as we've already seen. Some will be better than others. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you guys. I think, um, like we were saying in our review, Man from Lang, I think that this mechanic in particular is very hard to, uh, to kind of get your head around without seeing all of the available cards that interact with it. But, but w- from from what I've seen, I do like it overall so far. Uh, well, we've been talking about blessing curse tokens for a bit, but we haven't actually discussed any of the actual uh, other stuff that's in the Innsmouth box. Um, do you guys have any thoughts about 
any of the investigators or the scenarios or any of the other player cards that don't involve uh, Bliss and Curse tokens? Uh, simply put, I think I think they did a good job on all the investigators. Um, for the people coming into the store, I tell them the truth. I say, the Bless Curse tokens are interesting. The scenarios are really fun. All the investigators uh, are promising. So it's probably my most... I'm the most anticipating results for this box more than the rest. And that's setting a high bar since I like the path to Carcosa so much. But I feel like overall the quality of this deluxe expansion is probably the highest. I don't know. I'm, I'm excited for the rest of the uh, Mythos specs. Hey, have you, you haven't played any of the scenarios, like you said, right, Nathan? So you don't know much about... I have talked to people that have played them. I've read the investigators. I've looked at several of the cards. From from just the out-of-the-gate impression, I'm hyped about the, the campaign or the, the whole cycle. Yeah, I think you'll particularly like um, the second scenario in the box quite a lot. I think that scenario is very good. Um, I, I agree with you, Nathan. I think, the, I think that this is definitely one of the uh, higher-quality deluxe boxes that we've that we've seen so far um you know i think with the addition of you know a new actual mechanism in the game with the blessed and the curse tokens i think all the investigators are super interesting and really unique uh particularly amanda and trish are two favorites of mine from the box we've seen um we've seen dexter and we've seen silas so i think um more enfranchised players might be a little less excited about um, about those investigators, but personally, I think it's great that we finally get to see what uh, Silas's net does and all of his other signature cards. Oh my god, his signature cards are awesome. I like them a lot. I think that the design space for them is really cool. Yeah, and I mean, like, how could you not include Silas Marsh in this set? It's yeah. just like... Yeah, I, I really like the Innsmouth box. Um, you know, I was I think I was maybe a little like burnt out going into this set, but but overall I've really enjoyed the two scenarios in the box. I haven't played in too deep, which came out on Friday yet, but uh but yeah, I really like this box. What about you, man from Lang? I uh I haven't played the scenarios yet. I was uh I might actually play them tomorrow. We'll see. But uh yeah, I haven't played the scenarios, but uh, from what I've heard, I've only heard positive things. So that's that's always uh, a plus. Um, the investigators, uh, we did see Dexter and and Silas before, so that's sort of. I often sort of forget that they're in the box because I sort of already considered them part of the part of the game for so long. So. Uh, and I've played Sister Mary, uh, and I haven't played uh, Amanda or Trish yet. But uh, Trish looks pretty interesting. Uh, Amanda, I'm I'm not really much of a Seeker player. I know I did play Harvey during the the Iron Man, but I tend not to play a lot of Seekers. So I will get around to her eventually. But uh, but certainly her her mechanics look interesting and there's the there's a lot of cards in the box and uh in the mythos packs that will uh that work with her so can you imagine if they ever came out with an investigator that was an actual botanist and i'm like so ernest the botanist not to be cute, confused with um 
Oh, who do you like, Vase? <laughs> um, Carolyn Fern. Carolyn Fern, yeah. the botanist, who's not really a botanist, but she is a botanist. Unlike Ernest, who's actually a botanist, but we call him the psychiatrist. So I don't think you knew what you started when you started the uh, Carolyn Fern, the botanist thing, because I mean, you don't think I knew what I knew. (laughs) To have our (laughs) Discord bot named Carolyn Fern, the botanist, is just awesome. It's awesome. We've Um, already received an ally that's a botanist. We did. Yeah, and and that's weird. I wonder if she's a plant. Or if she's actually an ally. Ah, uh, Was that like a leaky tire at the end? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, you know, it's kind of like the joke. It just ran out of air after a there while. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, like, uh, I like this set quite a bit. I only have had a chance to play the first scenario. And I got to see Trish in action. And she was freaking awesome. And some of the cards I got to play around with, I really like. There's a few standouts from the pack. Uh, definitely like, you know, the Sword Cane, I think, is really great. Uh, clearly, Faustian Bargain is one of the best cards in the pack. Um, Promise of Power is another one that's really good. So, yeah, yeah. I, I think there are some really, really interesting cards. They, they really, I think... I guess I'll wait till the six pack to to say this, but so far it's looking like they knocked it out of the park with this with this expansion or with this cycle. But you know, especially compared to what came before it, the last couple ones that came before it that were hit or miss. <laughs> uh, so far, this one's off to a great start. Knock on wood. Watch, and they end this entire cycle like they did the Sopranos, and then people look back at our podcast like, "Look, they're talking good about it." They're one mythos pack in of has the deluxe, and they're like, "Oh, sounds good. Those uh, all those uh, cursed blessed tokens are they, they seem kind of fun, <laughs> idiots." <laughs> well, there there is a little bit of of a foreshadowing then, if that's what you're going for, because. The show Dexter was kind of the same thing as Sopranos, right? The way it ended. And I, no, I didn't mind the ending uh, where he made love to uh, the supermodel on the beach. Spoiler alert! I was like, spoiler the, alert! Oh, maybe it was my edited version yeah. of the end. Never mind. It ended. It ended well. Well, because there is a Dexter in the set, so hmm. and it's getting re-kicked. Uh, the yeah. Dexter's coming back out for a whole season. I heard about that. So that should be fun. Yeah. Kill a little time. <laughs> they listen to the fans, damn it. A lot of people do when they try to sleep as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I really like the first scenario of this set, and uh, I'm excited to play the second one. Story-wise, I mean, there's still a lot of text, but the story has grabbed me so far. So definitely interested. Well, you know what has me excited? And that always seems to come out with every deluxe box nowadays. Trivia is a new taboo oh. list. Oh, <laughs> was that was that not the segue you were looking for? I, I was thinking it was a little early for trivia, but <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> he's really going into trivia hard with this. <laughs> no, 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 no. Re- real quick, real quick. Um, the the uh, recent taboo uh, changes saw quite a bit of nerfs to. The, the various seeker search archetype with the pendant and Necronomicon, as well as Mr. Rook. Uh, there was a couple other changes as well, mostly to 
cleanup uh, degenerate interactions. Uh, so real quick, guys, uh, what are your thoughts on the changes to the taboo list? I think the uh, the changes were pretty much in line with a, what a lot of people expected, at least people who who follow the game closely and, and talk a lot about about what the cards do and, and which cards are probably a little more powerful than they should be. I think a lot of people had come to the conclusion that Seeker was too good. Uh, it was able to do too much. It was too good at too many different aspects of the game, and it's a lot of its cards were too cheap in the experience point, um, as far as experience points go. So tacking on, um, chaining them with, uh, and the case of Mr. Rook adding four XP to it, uh, they added three to the... Um, Necronomicon, they added two to Knowledge is Power. I can't remember what they added to the uh, the segments, but I believe it was two, so they were cost three. Uh, they added three, so it cost so four. So it cost four, yeah. So they they, they added a lot of, of XP cost to a lot of those cards, and, and I definitely felt like during the Iron Man, I went the Necronomicon route, and... and and uh, I hadn't played it before before the Iron Man, but um, it certainly took me a little longer to get it online because I had to pay the four experience points to buy Knowledge's Power first. If I didn't have to do that, I would have had the Necronomicon after one scenario, and it would have just gotten ridiculous. I mean, it was already ridiculous when I got it online, um, you can watch some of the, the Iron Man coverage for, for several examples of the, the Necronomicon going off. Um, so adding all that experience really slowed, slowed the deck down considerably, at least getting, at least in terms of getting those cards into the deck. So rather than having it after one scenario, it took me three to have the whole thing online. So I wouldn't be surprised, like it's, and it even at that, it still felt a little too good. So I wouldn't be surprised if they revisit um, the Necronomicon again and add some more stipulations to it to to slow it down even more. And I and I feel like with cards like Mister Rook, they they, I mean, they admitted as much in the the list of taboos article that they. They probably didn't go far enough because they hinted that, well, if we don't go, if this isn't enough, then we have other options. And I think when designers say that, they're basically, they're basically saying, well, play with them as it is now, but we're, we're probably going to be adding more restrictions to this card in six months or the next tab. When the, whenever the next taboo list comes out, he's going to get hit again because, I think at that point they're basically saying, "Well, we're gonna we're gonna restrict, put some restrictions on him, and hope the community won't abuse him anymore." Which is that's just not going to happen. I mean, the players who were abusing him to begin with are going to keep abusing him to until they they make him uh, exhaust or something like that. So you can't. Uh, use him as aggressively yeah i've been in the camp of just making him cost an action to use his ability but i i definitely agree with all of the uh the nerfs for the most part uh it was interesting it was a little interesting to see streetwise scrapper and uh higher education get a little bit of a buff uh they got their uh experience cost reduced actually 
from the change and unchanged list. Uh, so higher end streetwise are both six and scrapper is now four. Uh, the nice little changes, I think six experience is reasonable for, for those, uh, those permanent cards. And the other interesting buff is that Scroll of Secrets um, got a slight buff. All three versions of them now have uh, a fast action rather than a normal action. So pretty pretty interesting changes. Double or Nothing also got put on the Forbidden list, which uh, I don't think surprises anyone, does it? No, I think, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that was a fun card for... Rogue players like the combos, and the double or nothing was a... I, I get why they put it on the forbidden list, but at the same time, I think that, you know, that might have gone a little far. Double or nothing is one of those cards that just is so easy to make ridiculous with so little effort, I think, especially in multiplayer, so... Yeah, yeah, I know. It's it's just um, the, the nerf hammer is... <laughs> it's unfortunate, you know, I get why it's there, and I totally agree... I don't play with, you know, I don't play with the um, taboo list, but there are cards that I will refuse to play. So in a way, I have like my own internal taboo list because I don't like cheese, you know. <laughs> so you know, so things like that. I, I'm definitely I understand why they do it. It's just a recommendation for people, but it's different having it in writing, I guess, than just having your own kind of internal code of oh i'm not going to use that card it's too much you know but they really i think they they've been a little loose when it comes to seeker cards and now it's you know now they're kind of i feel like they're kind of scrambling to uh to fix them and i think just tacking on more experience like you touched on men from lang tacking on more experience isn't necessarily the answer because yeah it'll take you a little longer to get it but once you get it it changes the game when you got necronomicon in our I mean, it, there was a significant change in how we did and how the game played from the scenario before you had Necronomicon and after Necronomicon. It was night and day. And, you know, I think I think adding more experience costs to it isn't necessarily going to fix these, especially since you can play standalone and just get it at whatever experience point cost they add to it. If they make it 30 XP, well, you can still get it. <laughs> You know, it's yeah. just. Well, I think I think the problem with the Necronomicon is you basically take seekers, and 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 I don't want this to sound like I'm taking anything away from from Big Stupid Grin and the way he played Leo. But when you have a guardian at the table, and then you have Harvey Walk come up and deal nine damage without taking an action, like that should be the that should be what the guardian is doing, yeah. not the seeker. Yeah. I mean, that to me is a, is you've really, at that point, you've really smeared the color pie so badly that that you've broken the game in a fundamental way. Like you're you're just not like guardians should be the one. If a, if if there's a card combination that lets somebody deal nine damage, I would expect the guardian to be doing that. Yep. And and. Uh, but in this case, it's Harvey, and he did it multiple times during the campaign, and that to me is that's not right. That's not what that's not what you should be able to do with a seeker. Like the seeker should not be out guarding the guardian at the table. <laughs> that's just not, or out resourcing the rogue. 
which yeah. they also can do. But I think that the issue with seekers that they didn't foresee, which I don't, I mean, I guess in hindsight, it's it's easy to ask why they didn't foresee it. But the issue with seekers is I was talking about it during the um, during my thoughts uh, stream on our Twitch channel. Basically, you can make a super powerful card like Key of Ease, right? And let's say Leo takes it. He purchases it with five experience points. He may or may not see that Key of Yeast next game. He may not see it for three games. Whereas a Seeker, you you get this, you pay the same amount of experience point, but because of Seeker's card pool, you will see that Key of Yeast every single game, multiple times per game sometimes. And that's where the problem is. You know, it's a powerful card like Necronomicon. It's already powerful, but it's even more so in a Seeker deck because they have the ability to look for it and find it and play it every single game. I I was making the comment that I had two copies of Olive McBride in my Father Mateo deck, and I saw Olive twice in the entire campaign. Once I got to play her, and the other time I had her in my hand and didn't even play her. So I had two copies of her from game one and only saw her twice, whereas in a Seeker deck... I would have seen her every single game. It's just the the fundamental problem with Seeker and making even somewhat powerful cards is that they are exponentially more powerful in a Seeker deck than they are in other decks. And it's not just because of certain other cards like, um, you know, whatever. What's his name? Uh, the, the Secrets guy that searches your deck that we're... Mr. Mr. Rook. God damn it. Well, I mean, they've got research um, library, and he finds the Necronomicon on turn one. Yeah. Then you play the Necronomicon. Then you replace your research librarian with the library docent once you've exhausted the Necronom's charges and get it back to your hand so you can do it all over again. <laughs> I mean, it's... It's, it's just... <laughs> it's the entire it's, card pool. The entire too much. card pool enables powerful cards. And that's that's the mm. problem. So, uh, Seekers OP? Yeah. I think they're a little slower than they were, but, I mean, they're still, there's nothing stopping Harvey from, from killing stuff, so. Whereas at least, you know, when they, when they released a card like, I've got a plan, right? It's like, okay, this is a pretty good card. You can deal four damage with it. That's awesome. But you need the three clues to, to power it up. So it's not necessarily like, okay, I've drawn, I've got a plan, I'm going to start killing stuff it's like i've got a plan i'm going to kill one creature and then i have no follow-up as it should be yeah as it should as be. it should be like and that's how that's how it should be like this the seeker has a one-shot card that kills one enemy and then if they have more than one enemy to deal with well they're in trouble we we literally like the last like three or four games of our iron man harvey literally was doing everything and we were playing support because the minute you got Necronomicon, Trish was in the first part of the campaign. Trish was e- equally picking up clues, like around the same pace as Harvey. By the end, by the last three scenarios, all Trish was doing was dodge tanking enemies, like literally just locking down it. Pretty much. Because yep. Harvey was picking up so many clues and killing so many enemies. So, like, Leo was. I mean, he was just literally just surviving. <laughs> and then uh, Trish was just dodge tanking, and I was just adding blessed tokens and doing nothing else. All right. Because I think you're on to something. We should have a Harvey Walters, Norman Withers, uh, Leo. He's fairly old. 
and, and one more person, <laughs> and we'll just have it be like the red team. Gloria, like, she's old. Retired but extremely dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I like it. They'd be too strong, though. Those are all strong characters. <laughs> the decrepit, the decrepit foursome. Um, the Orn Library Book Club. <laughs> right, there you go. That's hilarious. But uh, or the bingo, the bingo crew. <laughs> that would be like in the Arkham Retirement Home. All right, everybody, go to bed. What the hell did you just it's say? It's bingo to me? night. Yeah, and then we can make our own scenario called Bingo Night. <laughs> But you know, it's. I think. I think it's just. It was very clear that once you got the Necronomicon, everyone else kind of had to step aside because everything that anyone wanted to do, Harvey could just do it better. It was. It was incredible. It was something to behold, to be honest. Well, I think you know. Check out the check out the final game. And see what happens. I mean, even though we were we were roughed up pretty badly, the piper is that the one where the, Harvey Walters becomes an elder god. The the piper of Azathoth hit the table and was dead. The next <laughs> player window, I think. <laughs> we were literally asking, like, "Hey, Harvey, can you come down and help kill these things? Help Leo handle these enemies? Remember that?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty. It, it got pretty ridiculous, I think. Well, he could be like the carpenter electrician from House Two. Did I bring that up on a previous podcast, or do I just talk to people in real life? Uh, Cliff Clavin from Cheers pops up in House Two as the electrician trying to like figure out where their short is or whatever, and then realizes there's a an Aztec temple. If you if you punch through the wall, and he then pulls out a saber from his toolbox, and he pulls out a card, he's also an adventurer as well as an electrician. That's what Harvey is. He's dual class, <laughs> baby. He's guardian uh, guardian seeker. That's awesome that you're referencing House Two. That's a great movie. At first, I thought you were going to go House Party Two, and I'm like, no. <laughs> they called the electrician. <laughs> That's what happens when Nate's at work. (laughs) (laughs) Can somebody call the electrician and that that classic music starts up in the room and everybody's just like, where's that music coming from? (laughs) That reminds me, Nate, you you had given me uh, the code for your OnlyFans with your wife uh, doing your electrician bits. Uh, could you send me that code again? Because I don't want to pay full price. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. It's a uh, one, two, three. Spark me up. <laughs> spark I like the plug-in. <laughs> so, so Nate, in your new job, have you been able to use the like show up at someone's house or apartment and be like, "I'm here to clean your pipes." Um, and there, everybody's like, "Where's I that mean, music I, coming I have from?" Done this that, is... but I haven't said that. If that. That counts for anything. Well, it was also like four thirty in the afternoon, and yeah, it was. Uh, what, it was. Not what's that what's our actually. next topic? <laughs> All right, so hold on before we uh, before we scoot off the taboo list. Do we think that Necronomicon is going to get banned? 
Because I'm kind of leaning towards I yes. I think there's a big chance that they do. Um, I'd, I, I don't know. Just tacking more experience points on it, it seems like you're soft banning it at that point. Like, it already costs 8 If it costs 10 would I pay for it at that point? I don't know. Maybe not. I'm sure if there's a certain point where it, it would just cost too much, where players would be just like, forget it. I'm not going to bother buying it. You know, it's just not, not worth it. But, you know, I could see them. I'm not really sure how they could change the car. I mean, the, the card is already filled with text. So like they said in the list of taboos article, they can't really add more text to it to make it more restrictive. So I guess, I mean, they could change the free triggered abilities to action abilities, and that would certainly slow it down. But that doesn't stop the combo with knowledge is power. But at least it would make it slower, which I think would be a lot better. Yeah, it would make it more reasonable. Yeah, I I think it's really the, I mean, the combination with knowledge is power is the real the real issue i think at the like they did take away the combo with sleight of hand which (laughs) between like (laughs) harvey buys two copies of versatile now he's got two copies of sleight of hand knowledge is power and the necronomicon and basically never plays the necronomicon and still gets all the benefits constantly picking it back up yeah you know throw in library docent and it just gets well, Bonkers. what if in order to use the Necronomicon, you had to play Miskatonic Museum and then play your campaign? Because at least you'd go acquire it. That'd be kind of cool. I'd actually be kind of down for that. I guess it'd just be like a side quest card at that point, but I'd be okay with that. Something like that. I mean, personally, I don't really like the chained and unchained portion of the taboo list just because... I think uh, I think the developers even kind of admitted it, but like you were saying, Man from Ling, it kind of either soft bans cards or it essentially is a fairly useless nerf. Like I think, like adding one experience to the flamethrower, for instance, doesn't really do anything. No, but but adding three experience to drawing thin essentially makes that card unplayable. Yeah, I mean, we saw once they added experience to the the machete, it basically took it out of circulation because it wasn't a good enough guardian weapon to... Guardians aren't going to pay the experience points on that when they can get flamethrower. Why would you you bother? And so they... Now they've lowered the experience cost by one, but I I still don't think any guardian is going to take it. Like a dedicated guardian. There might be somebody who's like a... I don't know, uh, an off-class guardian who might be interested in it. But, I mean, because uh, uh, Time Worn Brand exists, I mean, why would you stop at Machete if you're going to, if you want a good weapon, spend the five and get the Time Worn Brand? Yeah, I think Machete has lost a lot of stock recently, just to kind of specifically mention that card. Um, you know, with, with, like, swarming and... I think just the just the amount of enemies that tend to be in scenarios nowadays, like yeah, I, don't, I think Machete is honestly a pretty fine level zero card nowadays. Yeah, but. and the fact there's more three and five health enemies to deal with, it's your odds of getting um, 
ganged up on by multiple enemies is a little higher because there's no guarantee like if it if at least if they have two health you're pretty you can probably take them down but with three you've got to probably make two tests yeah and with with five health it's going to be your whole turn so yeah i mean i think like that those changes the the change and unchained things i tend to just ignore out of the taboo list and then just follow the mutated list and I essentially just treat the change list as like a soft band list. I don't know if anyone else does that, but because I think like if you're adding experience to cards, I think that's kind of the point where you're recognizing that those cards are too good for what they do. So, and I find myself playing a lot of standalone. So, like you were saying earlier, base, I just kind of end up ignoring. <laughs> Ignoring that extra restriction. Yeah, it's it's become my favorite way to play is just play standalone XP and just play the scenarios as standalone. And so for me, that adding XP doesn't affect anything. Yeah. Is that because it's the only way that Father Mateo is a good investigator? <laughs> oh! Um, I'll so have you know. your favorite? Bam, bam, bam. Father Mateo the botanist. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have you know that Mateo can be good at any experience level because he starts off with five. So well, he's got the best dad jokes because he's Father Mateo. Yeah. Community spotlight. I feel honored. I'm glad you sang, so I didn't have to. <laughs> um. Yeah. So. For this community spotlight, I actually want to talk about um, a gentleman who a lot of people don't know about, but he's been really busy in the world of Arkham Horror, the card game. His name is Santa Claus. Tyler Gotch, and he made, wait for it, an eight-scenario Alice in Wonderland called Arkham in Wonderland uh, campaign, which is on Tabletop Simulator. And he also is working on a War of the Worlds um, Arkham. And he's also just done a uh, Headless Horseman Halloween uh, series of scenarios. So he is just cranking out a lot of great content. Uh, I believe he's still working on getting those things posted. But uh, as far as I know, they're all on Tabletop Simulator. Um and then he said he's also working on a, a larger eight-part campaign based on Call of Cthulhu. So, just really incredible amount of content out there for the community. Uh, I, I think it's always inspiring when someone takes up the mantle of basically doing what the designers of the game are doing and getting paid to do and doing it pro bono for you know the love of the game and to share that. So once again, Tyler Gotch, you're rocking out, doing an amazing job. So I want to give that a heads up. Uh, I don't know what all is printable yet, but I hope that that is something that, um, you know, we can see so we can get up Arkham central or print it off ourselves. Yeah. I've, 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 um, heard good things about the Alice in Wonderland campaign. Um, friend of the show, Matastrophic has sung its praises. There's a, is a really interesting um, encounter card in that, uh, I don't know what scenario it is in that campaign, but 
uh, has this really neat uh, revelation effect that says, uh, test intellect five, you treat each uh, negative modifier on reveal tokens as plus tokens or as a plus, and you treat plus modifiers on reveal tokens as minuses, and icons committed to this test uh, subtract from your total value instead of add to it. If you succeed, lose an action. If you succeed by two or more, take a horror. If you fail, nothing happens. Which is, that's just, uh, uh, mwah. chef's kiss. Brilliant. Ooh, chef's kiss. That's the, the name that's of That's a new brilliant podcast. treachery card. <laughs> so, yeah, there's some really cool, um, really cool stuff going on in, in the Alice in Wonderland campaign. So I'm very curious to see what else uh, this guy's come up with. Yep, 100% agree with you. Are we ready for some trivia? Google is right. loaded and ready. <laughs> we have uh, quotes on cards. We have pips, and we have um, pictures on cards. And we'll have, of course, the winner of each question. They can pick the new category. Uh, let's see how many cards we have here today. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. So there are 12 questions. Uh, as soon as somebody gets to 270, you automatically win the contest. Uh, nice. Nice. Yeah. I yeah, appreciate that. There's a mixture of red and blue cards, um, but there's also some purple, green, and neutral, and uh, orange. So, uh, to start it off, uh, man from Lang, let's go ahead and have you pick the first category, please. What were the categories? Okay, vase. Um, I'm going to go with quotes <laughs> on cards. We're going to go quotes on cards, which is probably what man from Lang was thinking. Yeah. Okay. Uh, here we go. And some of these might have been used in previous uh, episodes, but I do suffer dementia, um, so I will go ahead and roll with it. Actually, I don't suffer dementia for anybody out there who is sensitive to the topic. My wife just says, sometimes I wonder if you've already started going senile, so I'll run with that joke. So once again, no no uh, insult, man. <clears throat> Hell is empty and all the devils are here. William Shakespeare, The Tempest. Oh, um, Star Wars. Oh, you can't just make noises. End times. Now I feel bad because I actually Googled it, so I don't. I'm not going to say the answer, but I know what it is. Oh, so he just admits to cheating on the fir- the very first question. <laughs> but I feel bad because like, I'm came just going to look up right the up. card. Oh, I, I guess base. I should. If you were to guess, what would you I say? I would say graveyard ghouls. <laughs> Uh, that is actually correct. I know. I Googled it. Don't give me points. I feel really bad about it. It was such a great quote, <laughs> such a great quote for that card. Uh, I promise okay. not to Google anymore. Vase, you have uh, you have tainted the sanctity of this <laughs> of this purely. I couldn't uh, help no. myself, and now I feel really. Bad. <laughs> okay, so Vase, uh, even though you got zero points for that, I will allow a Google assist. To get you the uh, category for the next one. All right. right. Pictures on cards. Pictures on cards. All right. On the card Mind Over Matter, uh, it appears to be a raven putting pebbles into a flask to get to the item in the flask. 
and I. That item. And that was Man from Lang. Yes. Point. Damn. Boom. That's quick. Yeah. Plus, it's kind of creepy. That that bird <laughs> is like, I'm gonna get this eyeball. <laughs> All right. Uh, Man from Lang, go ahead and give us the next category. Uh, let's do pictures again. Pictures again. This is the easiest question I've ever asked on this uh, podcast. In the spell shriveling, what is the person holding? A rose. rose. Oh, yeah. Point four, Man from Lang. So Damn. fast, Man from Lang. The hell? And I didn't even okay. have to Google it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we're going to wait for a man from Lang to pick up his mic that has been dropped. Uh, so just at your leisure. What was uh, the other? There was pips. Was that another? Uh, icons on cards and uh, quotes. Icons on cards. Icons on cards. All right. Uh, everybody. Arcane Research. Purple Talent. What are the, the icons on this? Willpower time? and uh, Intellect. Intellect, damn it. Okay, who said Man none? Like, I said fast. willpower and intellect first. I thought you were okay. talking about the arcane, whatever the other one was. And vase, what did you I say? I said none because I thought it <laughs> Oh, it was correct? Yeah, because it's the card that's the permanent, right? That you... You're thinking of arcane studies, man. From like, I was thinking no, the No, I knew, card. so I got it right. I actually got it right without yep, Googling correct. it. Boom! I like how Boom. surprised you are. Boom! Uh, we got the wrong card. Yeah, uh, that was hot, dude. Uh, okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can't. You guys can't. Oh, that was that was my mic <laughs> dropping right there. That was like a pornographic film from <laughs> France in the '70s, where you're more focused on the like natural scenery in the background. Excellent job. Uh, well, I had to choose a category that gave Vase a chance of scoring a point. <laughs> <laughs> I like how that's what you walk out of this conversation with. All right, um, Vase. With your deadly knowledge of arcane research, I will go with. Where are we going for? I our will next go question? with quotes on cards again, and I'm not going to Google it. Yeah, All right, here we go. At last, I found it. Eureka! Skeleton key. Oh, I heard somebody googling. Stop it! I heard a click. Uh, in um, fact, the card was perception. Really? Perce- no, I'm making it up. Of course, it's perception. At last, I've found it. All right, next question. Uh, it's a double header, folks. In the on the card perception, what is the light source in the room? I'm trying to remember that card. I got it right here, basically. <laughs> a desk lamp. A candle. An oil lamp. The answer was a hanging light bulb, electric light. Mm. It's electric. Mate, oh. you haven't been able to pick a category that I'm aware of. Why don't you go ahead and pick one? Uh, I'm going to pick pictures. Pictures. All right, this one's easy. Uh, Sister Mary, a.k.a. The Nun, uh, what does she have in her left hand? Rosary. A candle? I think the candle's in the right hand, isn't it? Got a cross. Any last guesses before I say if anyone's A cross or a book. Whichever one of those is <laughs> right. I'm just going to name a bunch of items. <laughs> the, the, head of a, the, the head of her last victim. Fact, what was it? 
The answer is, in fact, nothing. Uh, I was going to say that before you just about said it. But. Uh, a lot that of trick questions you, this time. Doesn't that re- no, it's not. It's pretty obvious. Um, <laughs> doesn't this remind you of Willow? What, were, what finger were you going to pick? I was going to pick my finger. That was the correct answer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, let's go ahead and go with Man from Lang. Oh, by the way, uh, for the people playing at home that are furiously yelling out the correct answers and never getting validation, uh, Man from Lang, two points. Vase, one point. Nate, the uh, carpenter with the knowledge, uh, currently zero. I will go with icons on cards. Icons on cards. Uh, earlier, someone said the name Eureka. What are those icons? One, one willpower, agility. one agility, and one intellect icon. And he kind of bullied his way in, but I'll have to give him that point. Nate, go ahead and go with the next category. Uh, let's do quotes. Quotes. All right, here we go. If we wish to learn, we must first question everything we know. Hmm. Knowledge is power. Library docent. The answer is inquiring mind. Probably, no one probably plays that card, so I can't blame you for not knowing it. Let's go ahead and go with another one. That's Base. a great card. We got um, quotes on cards or icons. Quotes on cards. More fun than quotes icons. Quotes on cards. Please leave this to the professionals. If I find you poking around again, I will bring you in. Tetsuo Mori? I don't know. Oh, this is it. Alice Luxley? Correct. Oh. Alice Luxley. Although, Tetsuo Mori was an excellent guess, because that's something I would have said myself. That makes perfect sense. Fearless Flatfoot Alex Luxley is the answer. Nate? Um, so we have quotes and icons left? Correct. Uh, I'll pick icons. Icons on the card. Sawed off shotgun. Go. Uh, one fist icon? Two fists. Yes. <laughs> All right. The answer was, in fact, a fist and a uh, agility. Uh. Strength and agility. Um, <laughs> I do like that. Yes. Uh, <laughs> let's go ahead and go with another quote. Uh, two cards left, so I'll do a quote here. Uh, pretty heated race. Man from Lang 2, Nate lost in time and space 2, Vase 1. It could be anybody's oh, I game. Won? Here we go. There's that another flat tire. I haven't even said a joke. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, here we are. Now, this one I might have done before as well. Um, it's on a brand new card, so probably not, but we'll try it out. While I truly pray that this nightmare is just a singular abomination, I must admit that I am exhilarated by the possibility that this is but one specimen of a new genus. The hell? Um, what's that new... Shadowhound? It could Hound? also be a card from the card game, or the core game. Shadowhound? I lied when I said it was new. Hmm. Oh. <clears throat> um... What the hell's that guy's name that oh, everyone Mylon liked? Christopher. Christopher, yeah. 
Mylon Christopher. Uh, Mr. Man from Lang, congratulations. I couldn't remember the name. I was thinking of the card. I said, what's that guy that everybody uh, Oh, likes? you know what? I Everybody stop. Just like in Jeopardy when they're like, oh, shit, what is it? They actually should get the point more than the person who says the right? name. Right? No. So, <laughs> totally agree with you. What is All that right. nonsense? <laughs> so, yeah, Man from Lang, you got that. Okay, uh, next card here. Um, dark is the abyss without bring is the abyss within. Oh, bright is the abyss within. Dark is the abyss without. Bright is the abyss within. Uh. Flashlight. This, this card could be seen <laughs> on Project Runway. Right. Project Runway. One day you're in and you're out. Fine clothes. Uh, this card, this card um, will never be seen in the daytime. Dark prophecy. Uh. All right. Good try, everybody. It is Robes of Endless Night. We have a winner. Congratulations, man from Lang 3. Nate, you had a rally mid-game, and Vase, you did a good job talking. <laughs> <laughs> I threw the game because I felt bad about searching. Hey, to be fair, I have the luxury, just like Alex Trebek, of looking smarter than I am because I'm just reading these cards off. True that. In truth, I would probably not get any of these answers. So kudos to everybody that participated. Once again, thank you to everybody from home. If... You're out there, and you feel like you did well for trivia, and you deserve a prize. Please write to Vase at uh, <laughs> Carolyn Fern, the botanist, uh, at gmail.com, and he might be guilty, uh, feel guilty enough to say. You know, to- you know, what you did that last time I got entries. <laughs> People were sending pictures of their fish and chips, and. <laughs> <laughs> Little fish and chips. Now I want fish and chips. God, you bastard! Oh man. Oh, that's funny. With tartar sauce and malt vinegar, though, right? Yeah. yeah. That's funny. <laughs> Once in a fish and chips too. picture, mind you, this was like in May, and they had like Christmas decorations uh, up in their house. So, go figure. Yeah. Uh, I'd also like to take this time to do a very quick plug for the show. Um, a, we appreciate all the, all the time uh, that people spend downloading our various uh, shows and listening to them it means a lot to us Uh, if you feel like supporting us you can do so on patreon so make sure you check us out we've got like all kinds of tiers up to a thousand dollars an episode which goes directly to my bank account i highly recommend that one or you could do the you know dollar five dollar per month uh, you know type things. So I just want to give that a quick shout out in case you weren't aware of it. And be sure to uh, check out our Twitch, where one of us uh, tends to stream throughout throughout the week. Usually, uh, Vase will be streaming on Wednesdays. Uh, Man from Lang, you seem to stream on Fridays, and I stream either on Saturday or Sunday. I'm still. Uh, ironing out which day it is, uh, and Nathan. Yeah, uh, I don't want to cross the streams, so I learned that in the '80s watching a movie. So it's very important not to do, do not that. Cross the stream. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, is there anything else that we want to yes. quickly drop before we uh, close the episode out? Who Sounds let like the dogs Nathan? out, Nate? 
Uh, who? No, no. Who? Do you want to talk about the uh, contest? Oh, yes, yes. Um, so, uh, yeah, before we close out today's episode, I do have an extra copy of Barkham Horror, the uh, April Fool's joke turned into a... Not fan made. What do you what do you even call Barkham? Official a, standalone thing. Yeah. Community thing? Of inspired. <laughs> inspired official weird anyway anyway, I have an extra copy and we are looking to send it to one of you. So uh if you want a chance to grab a copy of Barkham, all you have to do is email Carolyn Fern, the botanist at gmail.com with your favorite thing about the Innsmouth conspiracy. Ooh. Whether it's the bless and curse tokens, whether it's a particular investigator, whether it's a uh, scenario out of the deluxe box, let me know. Or and we will Or you can also send us a favorite picture of fish and chips. I will accept that stuff. We will also accept any pictures of fish and chips. Can we accept pictures of their well. pets too? What? Why would you make your pet into fish and chips? You are a sick <laughs> yeah. son of a bitch. Yeah, that's that's vase. Why do you always have to go so far with it? I just don't know the, where the line is, and I happen. I was crossing. <laughs> it's hard to look at a line when you crossed it like days ago. <laughs> days. He walked. He walked over the line like three miles ago, man. And he cut it up with his machete. <laughs> <laughs> And then uh, one quick thing before we close out the uh, the show for tonight. I also quickly wanted to mention that I'm going to be looking for players for an upcoming Call of Cthulhu game uh, or, or Delta Green. I haven't decided which one uh, next month in Ooh. December. Uh, probably around the holidays. Probably either the weekend of the 12th or the 19th. Uh, so if there are any patrons out there listening and are... Uh, Wanting to uh, get in on that, just uh, hit hit us up in Discord, and we will uh, we'll get a group going, and it'll be a good time. Uh, but with that, um, I've been your host Nate, lost in time and space, and as always, I was joined with my fellow co-host. I am the man from Lang, host of the Whisper in Darkness YouTube channel. I am Innkeeper Vase Odin from the Twisted Tentacle Inn. And I'm Nathan Jester, the Abyss, master of all things Arkham Horror images of madness on Instagram. Thank you so much for listening. I think that was the most consistent he's been with his name yeah, like, right? ever. <laughs> You're on a streak. You're on a consistency streak. Are you still a strudel competitor? Or has that not been a thing since COVID? I mean, I, I would get it, you know, because you can't, you can't eat in public, you know, and social distance. It, it makes sense. I get it. He signed off. Yeah. Oh, wait. I signed off, <laughs> off episode one, Hooker. <laughs>